words on water. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop. Very excited to talk about utility management and some of the trends and issues that are out there. I am joined by two guests for this conversation. I'm with Mike Martin, Technical Services Director at the Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewage District. He is also chair of WEF's Utility Management Committee. Mike, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Travis. Great to be here. And I'm with Zonetta English, Strategic Initiatives and Project Delivery Director at the Louisville Metropolitan Sewer District. Zonetta, happy to have you here. Thank you, Mr. Loop. Appreciate the opportunity. And you are vice chair of WEF's Utility Management Committee. So both of you spend a lot of time kind of with your peers from around the country talking about utility management issues. Uh, We have WEF's Utility Management Conference coming up at the end of February where a lot of these things will be tackled. Uh, So I'm excited to get your perspective. First though, I wanted to have you kind of just let listeners know about your your utilities a little bit, just kind of an overview. Mike, could you talk about uh, your utility? Sure, Travis. Uh, Again, Milwaukee Metro Sewer District or MMSD. So we're a regional agency. We provide wastewater collection and treatment and flood management for about 1.2 million residents in Southeast Wisconsin. We serve, we're more like a wholesaler. We have the regional interceptor sewer sewer system and uh, we have two water reclamation facilities. We serve 28 municipalities who all own their local wastewater collection system. So that's nutshell. We also do flood management, do a lot of water course work in the region and also kind of unique to the district. We also have contracted out operation maintenance of our water reclamation facilities and our conveyance systems to Viola Water Milwaukee. And Zonetta, can you tell us uh, about your utility there in Louisville? Yes, sir. Louisville MSD serves a community of over 750,000 residents in Jefferson County. Our key core mission is to provide quality wastewater, stormwater, and flood protection services, protect public health and safely through sustainable solutions, fiscal stewardship, and strategic partnerships. Uh, We have a combined sewer system. We are under a consent decree with the US EPA. In Jefferson County, we have five treatment facilities, also known as water quality treatment centers. They range from an average flow of four and a half to 120 MGD per day. Uh, So total, we treat approximately about 170 uh, MGD per day. In addition, since 2018, we have the ability to initiate our regionalization effort, and we've acquired wastewater systems in the city of Crestwood, Olam County, and Bullitt County. Like I said, I want to talk to you both about some of the, the trends and issues facing utility managers. Uh, and this list is, is one that we talked about in advance and is really reflected in, I think, the, the program agenda for the utility management conference that's coming up in, in late February. So data management, that's, that's an issue that's facing utility managers. Uh, Mike, could you talk a little bit about that and, and what's happening on that front? Sure, Travis. I can speak uh, both from what I've witnessed at uh, uh, conferences like WEFTEC 
and then also the MMSD's our own experience. Uh, when I've been to conferences, read uh, trade magazines and so on, I see a lot of articles and information about kind of a lot of buzzwords, um, artificial intelligence, big data, smart water, um, digital transformation. So it seems like there's a lot of information out there and, uh, and they go a lot of different directions and they apply to a lot of different aspects of how we uh, clean water, manage our data and manage our workforce. So um, as we've started looking at it here at the district, um, we've kind of challenged with just an overall approach. What are the best ways to approach and incorporating the best practices that are out there, understand we have a tremendous amount of data. How do we use that data to help improve our operations? Right now, I would say we're on a real learning curve and trying to figure out how to proceed. I've got to believe that uh, many other um, uh, utilities are in the same place, although I do see lots of people making efforts in different areas. Um, so figuring out the best way for us is a little bit unclear right now. It kind of reminds me back oh, 20, 25, 30 years ago in, when, when geographic information systems were starting to become popular, where there were a lot of efforts, there wasn't a lot of standardization and so on. So I kind of feel like I've gone back much early in my career in that regard. So, and then the other thing I want to add and tie in with this is the whole issue of cybersecurity. It's a big concern for us. Um, and as we start to use these smart systems, the importance of cybersecurity will just will continue to increase even more. Great perspective there. Uh, Zonetta, on the, on the data management front, uh, what, what are you seeing from your perspective? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I like to just to speak about what we're trying to do, and I think it's similar to other utilities. Uh, we have invested in having the right staff and allocating the resources. I think that's some of the experiences that I've heard from other utilities. Um, one of the things that we've done to try to help with that is that we have formed an IT steering committee. Um, as Mr. Martin mentioned, uh, we're spend a lot of time with our staff and talking about cybersecurity, uh, doing training. We're also doing tabletop exercises. Uh, we're tracking who is having access to our networks. Uh, in addition to planning and executing new technology, we have to try to manage the dollars integrating hardware um, staff to implement. Um, as the strategic initiatives and project delivery director, we are daily inundated with requests from um, vendors. Uh, we have several innovative projects involving data management. I don't doubt that there is any utility that doesn't collect enormous amount of data. Um, the key is how to use it eff effectively. Uh, we're using artificial intelligence to aid in maximizing the use of data to assist in operating our treatment plants, moving toward predictive maintenance and tracking cost of chemicals and energy. Uh, we are also in the beginning stages of implementing a district-wide asset management system initiative uh, from cradle to grave, tracking the usage, acquisition, maintenance, repairs of our vertical and horizontal assets. Uh, we also are having a pilot project with our field inspection mobile project, which is our asset management staff are leading the effort. And that's to pilot iPads with flood protection and collection systems. So we're excited about uh, our efforts. And we're also following the West program, the WISE program that also has a data management effort going on uh, that's in its infancy. And so we're uh, excited about learning from all those utilities that are participating in that uh, group as well. Mm, great stuff. 
Another issue that is really at the forefront right now in utility management is workforce. Uh, and there's a lot of different aspects of that. I think one we'll move to next really involves diversity, equity, and inclusion. But uh, on, on the workforce topic, what are, what are kind of the issues and trends uh, that are out there? And maybe for, uh, to go first on this, Sonetta, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I think we're having the same challenges that utilities across the U.S. are having. An aging workforce, you know, regards succession planning, excuse me, along with competing with the private sector for engineers and other professional staff, and also especially our trade, so electricians and maintenance staff. Um, our We have our community benefits division, along with our other staff, are working with our local high schools and technical colleges uh, to create a pipeline of people to fill our trade positions. And then we are also having a partnership with our capital program partners for projects that are in a range of over $5 million to invest in our community. Um, we're seeing that our HR teams are working hard to streamline the hiring process and onboarding process. And we've kind of pivoted to e-learning format uh, for our annual training courses uh, for cybersecurity ethics, uh, safe driving. Uh, we have a sewer over plan response plan training that we have to do with our consent decree. And also our challenge into uh, add training uh, for new technology and equipment if our wastewater uh, treatment plants. As you know, with this pandemic, um, the, the, the fact that we're not meeting in person has added some complexity to that. Uh, but um, we're really trying to pivot and take advantage of this opportunity now. So it's very exciting, but it's also a time where it's a challenge for a lot of us uh, to try to still provide the service that we have uh, with the staffing shortages that we're experiencing. Mm. Yeah, it's it's funny how things, uh, when there's a challenge, uh, it's tough, but there's also exciting opportunities that often come with it. Uh, on workforce, Mike, your perspective. Sure, yeah, and as I, as I heard uh, Zanetta speak, I, a lot of similarities between us uh, and Louisville, I'm MSD in Louisville, in terms of the types of programs that and challenges that they have. Uh, we too are having, we have an aging workforce and we've seen that over the past 10 years. And with that, uh, we have lost a lot of institutional knowledge. So one of our challenges has been to try to capture that knowledge the best we can. And so just trying to do that by itself is a significant effort. Um, in the, as everyone knows, in the workforce today, it's it's uh, it's a almost a, a high. If you're if you're one looking for a job, you're in a much better position than those of us who are trying to hire. So we have some challenges and ability to both acquire and then retain that talent. Um, we also, and this ties in with another topic I believe we'll talk about, is attracting a workforce that reflects the community that we serve. So. Um, since I've been in the in the business, uh, the, the workforce has really transitioned towards the better, much more reflective of our communities. And so happy to see that, but I know we can still do better. We've really been working uh, similar to Louisville with creating a long-term pipeline of students and individuals who have uh, who we can interest them in a career, careers in water. I know myself personally, I was first um, exposed to the wastewater, just pure, uh, pure fluke exposed to the wastewater industry when I was a senior in high school. And that just by pure luck, um, I ended up working in the field. So we think that if we can interest young people in the water business, then we can, um, then we can 
really make a difference in terms of interesting, interesting younger people and getting them interested in the in the career, mm. in a career in water. Then finally, uh, the skilled trades. We're looking at apprentice programs, um, training programs to try to uh, get one. It's a bigger picture issue for us in Drust having that population with to draw, and then attracting them to try to work for um, the district is a real challenge too. Mm. Tremendous. And I mentioned diversity, equity, and inclusion is really a foundation of kind of the workforce issues and focus of the water sector right now. And I'd I'd love to get your take on what's happening on that front and and why it's so important. Uh, And for this one, we'll start with you, Mike. Sure. Um, We at the district are very it's a strategic initiative of ours to, uh, in terms of diversity, equity, inclusion. We have multiple efforts that have started in the past couple of years. We recognize, as I said before, that we want our workforce to reflect the community that we serve, but it extends beyond just our workforce. It also extends to the contractors that work for us. Um, we want them to, again, reflect the communities we serve. We have had, historically, we've had many programs regarding just the contractors, the ownership of the of the contractors and consultants that work for us. We've had uh, businesses that promote, I'm sorry, we've had efforts that promote small women and minority business contracting opportunities. We have goals for those types of opportunities. Um, and then finally, we really want to think about when we do projects out in the neighborhoods, that we're very sensitive to those to the neighborhood neighborhoods where we're doing those projects, and make sure we take into account um, the the voices of those that where we will be working, the projects that we build. This is particularly true for a lot of our flood management work, where we are in those neighborhoods making significant significant changes to the land in which we live. So we really try to help those neighborhoods become better places to live, regardless of their location. Mm. I, I love that perspective that there's multiple dimensions to, to this issue. Uh, Zonetta, what's your perspective on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and uh, why it's important uh, in, the, in the water sector and the water workforce and you know, in your community there in Louisville? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak on that. Uh, first, I want to just want to applaud WEF on embracing this initiative. Uh, I really have appreciated the uh, exchanges that we've had with our, our committee. Um, I want to first say that our executive director, uh, Mr. Tony Parrott, has been a visionary in this area. Um, we've hired a, a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer who has been with us for over a year. Um, She has done uh, climate assessment on our key divisions, operation, engineering, finance, procurement, and legal. So again, we've gone just beyond just the the traditional things, but look at really trying to assess our staff and how we can help to, so it helps in our retainage of our staff. Um, And we also gonna have some additional assessments that we've got planned for this fiscal year. One thing that she has done that I think it's, it's, it's very visionary is has introduced the concept through um, our book club at our um, our utility. Uh, we have read the 1619 Project. Um, we've read the book Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Emmanuel Akko and How to Be an Inclusive Leader, uh, Your Role in Creating Cultures of Belonging Where Everyone Can Thrive by Jennifer Brown. Uh, also, she has introduced a speaker series 
so she's brought in leaders throughout the community, uh, Metro United Way, and agencies that are um, are helping our underprivileged communities. Um, also, you may be aware that in Louisville, we were faced with a horrible tragedy tragedy of the death of Breonna Taylor. And one of the initiatives from that horrific time in our city's history is that the mayor has formed an equity and contracting and procurement task force that is tracking the dollars invested in minority and women owned business, businesses. And our executive director acts in the role of a co-chair. So we're really trying to look at this in terms of what we're doing with our, our agency, as well as our community, um, and then also with our contracting. Uh, we have a community benefits uh, director who also is leading uh, efforts with that. Uh, and uh, so we're working uh, and creating opportunities to employ and train local residents. So again, as Mr. Martin said, that it reflects our community, um, you know, through our supporting of apprenticeship programs, uh, that uh, task force, and then even on our job links. So we're really trying to make a concerted effort uh, that all of our activities that we're doing and our investment in our capital programs, because as you know, for every $6, $1 comes back. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so we're really trying to make sure that we're intentional about our, the work that we're doing and how that it can improve our communities. It's really impressive and, and uh, encouraging to hear so many different efforts happening uh, at utilities. You, you both just gave great examples of, of what's happening in your cities and why this is so important. And I, I think it uh, reflects what's happening at utilities and in communities across the country and the water sector really uh, taking this all to heart and, and making a lot of changes. That's, that's great stuff. Um, something that's connected, uh, obviously, to kind of to to, I think, equity and some of these issues is affordability of water. Um, maybe, uh, Zonetta, you could go first and just kind of explain what that means and what your perspective is on that issue and, and kind of what's happening there in Louisville. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, that is very dear and close to us, uh, our concern about that. Uh, we've uh, approached it in different aspects in terms of our, our trying to keep our rates low. So we have uh, have the first WIFI alone. Um, so it's a lower rate for our capital project that we have that's gonna be over $200 million. Uh, so we're always looking for um, how we can um, finance our projects at the lowest rate possible to get the best return to our, our, to our rate payers. We also have implemented an emergency wastewater rate assistance program uh, we recognize the impacts of COVID-19 has been uh, reaching. So to help those who are finding it more difficult to pay bills during this time, our board has approved an emergency wastewater rate assistance program. Uh, with this, the qualifying customers can receive a 10% discount on MSD's wastewater ch uh, charges. Um, and that program we have right now will be available through um, July of this, of this year. Uh, in addition, we have a, a collaboration with a project with the Louisville Water Company and uh, on Promise Pay to give residents a flexible repayment plan for past due balances of results of economic impact to a lot of residents during the pandemic. Um, COVID relief money was also made available to, re, um, 
to residents with balances. And so we worked really, really hard at trying to make sure that we don't have disconnects and really get the word out on the money that was available to residents. Mm. Great, thank you. And Mike, on your end, the affordability issue, why, why is this so important for the water sector now and, and what's going on uh, there in Milwaukee? Sure, uh, let me talk generally first about what I see in the industry when, again, when I talk to others and uh, go to conferences and so on, this is, this is a topic that I see over and over again. Uh, everyone knows, I'm not saying anything that people aren't aware of, but clean water, it's, it's a fundamental essential service. It's not something people can do without. So it's a fundamental uh, part. And there's a cost obviously to customers that come with that. So as our cost to operate, maintain these systems continue to rise with new regulations, uh, aging infrastructure, uh, the demand for more services at the same time, those costs go up. It obviously makes the cost to the customer more expensive. So, and then in the last two years with the pandemic, people have been hit hard with job losses and uh, a lot of places have had, um, you know, can't shut off water because of that. So that's put kind of put some binds on the utilities too. So what I see generally is a lot of uh, different viewpoints on how to help out in this type of situation for those who are not able to afford the uh, cost of water, the full cost of water. And so I see a lot of different models of customer assistance programs, uh, financial assistance, different ways to help tackle that problem. So it's great to see the industry deal with deal with this issue in a, in a way that's fair to all ratepayers. So that's what I see generally, specifically for the Milwaukee Metro Sewer District. We're, we're in, I guess it's a little bit more fortunate situation as a wholesaler we sell to our 28 customer communities. So we receive the wastewater from those 28 customer communities. They then are responsible for billing and dealing direct with those customers. So we're a little bit removed from those customers directly. We also are in a unique position in that our capital program is funded through property taxes. So it's not a, it's not part of your water bill for part of our program. So that gives us a probably a little bit more flexibility. We are extremely, having said that, we're extremely sensitive to what our rates are because they, we recognize they do impact the customers. And uh, we work closely with our customer communities to make sure that our rate setting process is fair to them and that there's equitable, equitable costs spread throughout our region. Mm. Last issue I wanna bring up is just front and center uh, all across the country and that's PFAS. You know this this chemical that is really pervasive in our environment and uh, in our communities, not because it's you know a, a product or uh, or has its source in water treatment facilities, but because it's in so many consumer products and so many household goods and uh, has just found its way all around. Um, I'd like to hear just kind of your perspective on on PFAS facing utility managers right now and, and what's happening on your end on, on that front. Um, and Mike, we'll go to you for this one. Sure. Thanks, Travis. Uh, we are, we're closely monitoring the situation since PFAS first uh, popped up in our radar several years ago. We've been closely monitoring uh, the regulatory side to try to understand how this may impact us in the long term. We're also on a learning curve in terms of um, just the techniques for monitoring, trying to understand where the sources are, trying to get our arms around what the potential sources are 
for us in our collection system. Probably for us, our biggest concern is the uh, impact on the biosolids, how much PFAS ends up in our biosolids. As many people are aware, the Milwaukee Metro Sewer District produces Milorganite, which is a, um, a fertilizer product that we sell commercially. And we want to make sure that we continue to be able to safely sell that product to customers throughout the, throughout the nation. So we we're right now in a closely monitoring and learning curve in terms of PFAS. We recognize that there's a lot of concern with that. We understand that concern. So we're, we're also thinking about the what if scenarios, um, you know, depending on where the regulations go, if they do impact the biosolids, how does how that how might that impact our ability to produce molorganite and uh, sell the product, and what are some alternatives in that regard? Mm. Thank you. And Zonetta, PFAS, um, what do you what are your thoughts on this being an, an issue facing utility managers out there, and and what might be happening in your community? Yes, sir. Uh, we're following it the same as. Uh, as Milwaukee, um, as, as Mr. Martin said, um, we have been actively following and participating with other utilities through NACWA, which you're sure you're aware of the acronym of National Association of Clean Water Agencies. Um, right now we have an initiative where we are having a biosolids management plan look ahead. Um, uh, so we're not only looking at PFAS, but microplastics, pharmaceuticals, and other constituents of concern. Um, we are in the process of designing and implementing our next biosolids process solution at our largest wastewater treatment plant. And our owners advisors assisting us in being prepared to treat PFAS and other constituents, constituents while implementing our thermohydrosis for treatment technology. Uh, we've also, in addition, have done some preliminary baseline testing at our largest wastewater treatment plant. And uh, we will resume that once we start up our new drum dryer system and our land applied class A biosolids. Uh, we have our own um, trademark uh, class A biosolids called Louisville Green. And so uh, similar to Milwaukee, they're the leader in that. Uh, we followed them and uh, we're also concerned because the biggest, one of the other biggest issues is with all utilities is land application. So, um, and, and, and and filling up our landfill. So we've got to find creative ways to make sure that we can distribute this as fertilizer and other products. So um, we're following this closely and we'll continue to do so. Mm, great. Well, Mike and Zonetta, thank you both for your time and all this tremendous perspective on some of the biggest issues facing utility managers out there. Uh, again, we at WEF are holding the Utility Management Conference in uh, collaboration with AWWA at the end of February. There is a robust agenda to that conference that hits on these issues and many, many others. But uh, again, Mike and Zonetta, thank you both so much. Thank you, Travis. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Mr. Luke. We appreciate the opportunity as well. Thank you. Words on water.